What is phase two? New day is done. The day of the Power Cosmic Podcast. Gathered from around the galaxy comes the world's greatest comic book fans, all in one terrific podcast. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. With your host with the most, the man who puts on Terrific Con, the world's greatest Comic Con every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mitch Halleck. Joining Mitch each week will be an assembly of his terrific super friends. Join them as they talk about comic books, movies, and more. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. Power Cosmic Podcast. Hey kids, it's your old pal Mitch Halleck here, about to talk on the Power Cosmic Podcast with my pal Jerry Ordway and our waitress Sarah as we ate at the Colony Grill Pizza Place here in Fairfield, Connecticut. Today's episode is a really good one. You'll hear all about some guests coming to Terrificon. We're going to talk about the recent ones I just announced, but mostly this episode is all about Jerry Ordway remembering what it was like to draw the 1989 Batman movie adaptation, what it was like being on the set, what it was like getting the book out to press, and how it was received by the public. Throughout this hour and a half long marathon, you'll hear me mention some stuff about the upcoming show, who's coming, and if you're not paying attention, go to the website, terrificon.com, and you'll see already we've advertised such guests as Jim Steranko, Chris Claremont, J. Michael Straczynski, Val Mayrick, we have Dan Brereton coming here. We also have Brian Azzarello. And since it's Batman month, there's some also cool secret Batman guests coming out. So please go to TerrificCon.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. And of course, tune into the Power Cosmic Podcast for updates on the greatest show on Earth every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Now, on with the show. It's a good one. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll kiss an hour and a half goodbye. All right, it's good. I should get that little microphone, but I'm not. So it picks up both. We're fine. Sarah, okay. pop it. We're, okay, we're at the college. I didn't introduce myself. This is uh, Mitch Halleck. We're at the Power Cosmic Podcast. It's almost the end of February. I'm here with Jerry Ordway. We're eating pizza, drinking beer at Colony Grill in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you're in the area, stop by and say, Sarah, serve me a beer. That's, that's the waitress we have all the time. But we'll, we'll come up with something. It doesn't always have to be serious. You know what I picked up? Oh, I have to. I also have to uh, turn off the uh, Bluetooth because that's when people call me up and suddenly the thing stops. Uh, we don't want that. You know what I picked up the other day at the comic book store? And we can start leading into this. Hepatitis. No, no. It wasn't Hepatitis Wednesday. I was in the back issue bin, and I picked up the Batman 1989 movie adaptation for six bucks. Wow, cool. It which was one was it? The, 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 what do you mean, which one? Well, there were two, two versions. It was the hardcover one. Uh, okay. That's the prestige. Paper, the prestige. prestige version. Yes. All right. And since this is the 30th anniversary... A Batman, the movie, it was June 19th or something. 89, June, yeah, 89. It was early June. Early June. I saw a preview. It opened actually. like a week before Indiana Jones. It did, because and, uh, Indiana Temple Jones was June the, 12th. Indiana last Jones Crusade. The last Crusade, yeah. yeah. And Timothy Dalton, James Bond. Which one? Which Why was the second one? 
License to Kill? Was that with Carrie? Was that the second Carrie, one? Carrie, what's her name? Was the second one License to Kill? The first one was, oh, now you got me. He only did two. Right. I think it was License Revoked or Renewed. Something like that, yeah. That's with the girl that was married to Richard Gere. Yeah, yeah. Very pretty girl, short hair. Carrie Ells? No, that's the guy in here. No, it was, uh, yeah, no, I know you thought. I know she's very pretty. Um, but she was in the... Well, the other one had the... She was on that show, Law and Order. Right, right. But then the the other Bond movie Carrie... had the... Olivia Diabo or something. Yeah. She was a twin sister. Yeah. That was in the Conan movie. Was she? But there I just was, remember blonde. the... Yeah. I remember one of those had them... She was like a cellist or something. Yeah, they, and they, they went rode down, down the, the hill. Right, in the, in the cello, cello case. case. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's his first one. Is that... They got I think it's just know. the second one. I no, think License Renewed is the one with uh, Wayne Newton, and there's the drug dealer guy going on it, and Benicio Del Toro's even in it. No, I thought he was in the... No, that's the he one... He was in the, the first... Uh, they kill uh, he Felix was in the Pierce Brosnan. He was, in the, he was the bad guy in one of the... Unless he had... No, Del Toro's in this one. What's the actual thing? He's got really bad skin. Yeah, the guy who... Uh, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's exactly. Like, he was in... Uh, and Anthony Zerba's in that. They put him inside oh, yeah, him to yeah. pressurize yeah, him. Yeah. He blows his head up. Yeah, no, the other guy was in... Carrie Lowell. Yeah, Carrie The other guy was in the TV show. A long-running show, like a profiler or something. Are you talking about the bad guy? Yeah, Robert Davi. Robert right? Davi. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So it's Robert Davi, Wayne Newton... What was his name? He played Felix Leiter. He was actually the only actor to play Felix Leiter in two James Bond movies. David Hedison? No, he was like a TV guy. Was it James Franciscus or Francisco? He was married to Priscilla Barnes in that movie. And then they take him, they lower him to a shark pit. Remember uh, that? I don't know. I just remember that you don't remember Felix that? Leiter was played. No. We're actually recording, Sarah, so you can say hello. Right say now. hello yeah. if you'd like to. Hi. So, hey, it's Sarah with an H. Sarah yes. with an H. Sorry, it's Sarah. <laughs> Get it right. Every week at the Colony Grill in Post Road, Fairfield. Right. Yep. She's a lot of weird stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially these two. Come in, bother me. That's I have right. to serve you. <laughs> you have to, actually. I have job. to. It is my job. I know. <laughs> Did oh. you ever see a Bond movie? James Bond? Oh, God, you're going to hate me. No. Really? You never <laughs> no. know? I've never seen my no like what was 009, right? 007. There you go. <laughs> 009? What the hell is that? Okay, wait, wait. That was one of the agents that got killed in the Octopus movie. With <laughs> That's right. Roger Moore, though. Oh, you've you've never seen, seen the James Bond seen, movie? You've seen the superhero I've, movies. Though, what are you, right? like 12? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. I just, I didn't have, like, a, that father figure around who, like, brought me into those those movies. My mom, oh. like, showed me the... What's the guy's like, name that does it now? Craig? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. You don't. You've never seen Daniel Craig. You have no interest. Have you ever watched those Twilight movies? Uh, You're not I've, one of those I've people. I've seen one, but it was like mandatory. Harry I, Potter. Yes, I've seen oh, a couple the, of Harry Potters. Okay, yes. I've never watched any of those. Okay. True. Wow. I've seen I them all. I can't stand them. I watch them. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I just totally just turn off. I, even, I did see my kids didn't like them either. They're like I, I, saw, I saw like. The first Twilight movie. Yeah, that's why I saw the first one. Yep. And I never saw it. It's basically Smallville. I just yeah. I'm yeah. not With werewolves and vampires. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I don't know. It's more just like it's kind of weird too if you think about it in a different perspective. Like this guy Twilight? is kind of yes Twilight. This guy's kind of like stalking this girl. Like if you think of any other time, like he comes to her window, yeah. he comes in her house, like is that her true? room is watches that the story? her sleep, like, like Smallville. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, like it's 
He's a vampire like and, he, and he stalks this girl whose name is Bella, right? Yes. I didn't know that because I suddenly saw a lot of girls at schools were named Bella. I go, when did that become the big thing? And they go, well, that's a Twilight thing. Big Bella Lugosi thing. I'm like, so there's going to be a lot of T'Challas lately because that's the big Black Panther movie. could be. I guess. I didn't see Black Panther either. What the hell? I know. I heard that was super... You're probably working. I do. I work a lot. Do you really? I do. Yes, when I'm not here, I'm babysitting, house-sitting, dog-sitting, just doing everything. What what do you do? You don't watch things anymore? Netflix, yeah. What's on Netflix you watch? Um... Well, I'm more of like a horror flicks kind of girl. Oh. Like I love horror movies. Like, um, I love. Saw? Yes, I really? love Saw. I oh, love I um, M. Night Shyamalan. Like, oh, I okay. love um, also. Oh, what's his name? Who uh, wrote Stephen like King. Under the Dome and stuff? Stephen uh, King. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. love Stephen have King. Have you watched Castle Rock? I have not. That's worth. It's, Is it? Yeah, yeah. What's okay. your favorite Stephen King? It. No, 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 no. It was all right. Honestly. I never thought that was spooky either. I. Pet Cemetery's coming out. Yes, I'm so excited for yes, that. Yes, I saw yes. the bad version with uh, Denise Crosby. But that was still kind of scary. It, 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 it scared me when I was a kid. Fred Gage played the no, Gage. grandpa guy. Fred Gwynn, that's right. Yeah. Oh my god, don't bury a human child It's there. a creepy concept. Why not? It is, it's really yeah, I, know. They I read the book. They always come back long. Yeah. yeah I mean, kind of like customers at no, Quality Grill. It, <laughs> you know, you know, it's true. The book was sick because the little boy gets hit by a truck yeah. and they have the burial or the closed casket and he gets in a fight. The dad with like right. the, the father-in-law and they knock over the coffin. And I was always like, just reading that. You're yeah. like, oh, little dead boy. Then he comes to kill the mom. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, hey. Thanks for ruining it. Thanks, oh, man. I, I thought it had a happy end. Do they make that more than once? I, I saw the original movie. No, was they there one with a little girl as well? Was there one with a little girl? I, do, I remember. They could have made, made, made a sequel they to the probably. movie. Yeah. Because they do that often. Yeah. The writer wouldn't have any choice. Yeah, I don't think so. But the new one's coming out. Did you like it? No, she said it was oh, you okay. didn't see it? I, I did. It yeah. was it was all right. It was spooky in the sense of, like, there jump scares. Yeah, but, yeah, um, pop-out scares. Yeah, I feel like if I had maybe a cloud phobia, it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. I just, I don't know. This. It was good, though, for the It was good, the, the storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, my God, I love oh, we right? saw What's that. his name? The, the one from... Um, Stranger Things? Yes. Wolf something. Yes. That's yeah, somebody's yeah. asked me to bring that kid to the Ryan show. Oh, please no, do. He's I fantastic. Was, I was at the comic shop and the guy showed up. He goes, oh, could you get this? My kid loves this actor. I go, oh, he's on Stranger Things. And the girl. Remember the girl? Oh, yeah. Oh, the she, dad was uh, banged trying to rape her or whatever the spoiler alert <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry the book came out Seriously. no the, the yes. girl's really good version. she was fantastic and she was in this Amy Adams thing on HBO uh-huh. sharper uh, thing oh, I don't know what it is. but anyway okay. she's playing in a, a movie a girl detective and it's perfect casting. She's really good. But she's really good. She just was outstanding. Um, this is an HBO show? No, there's a, a movie. I'm trying to think of the name. It's just, you know, because when you start thinking of it, it goes out of your head. Absolutely. You saw it already or it's coming? No, there's a, there was a teaser trailer. And wow. she was a girl detective. I'll think of it. Could I'll be long stocking. No, but it, in the it's, case it's of a, the established character. Euro. Nancy Drew? Nancy Drew. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm just making that and up. And she's perfect for it. Oh, she's, they're doing Nancy Drew movies yeah, again? Yeah. yeah. Hamilton Sue Martin was Nancy Drew. I'm going to give but, you my signature line. I'll be right back. I know. Okay. okay. It's like Merv Griffin. Yeah. We'll be right back. Breaking Bad is here. I know. I saw you that. You saw that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So if I walked around like Indiana Jones, I remember Kevin Smith goes, you can get away with that because people might just think you're from Panama. <laughs> I go, he goes, yeah, you just wear khakis Are and they a shirt. Excuse and you go, because they thought you were nuts. Little, you come back wrong. <laughs> no, you did all that. So anyway, before we were really interrupted by Sarah the waitress, uh, the Batman movie adaptation. This could be actually a long story. Yeah. How did you get that assignment? Did you? When did you first hear? Well, here's they were the doing thing: it? when the in, com, in the comics community, yes, when the news of that happened started leaking, which was we're when? all like, oh my god! Well, we heard about it early on because six Jeanette Kahn had us. I guess there was some kind of screening before Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out. That was '87. It was yeah, but before because I think didn't Beetlejuice come out after no, that? Wait a minute, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was eighty four. No, 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 the Pee Wee Herman movie. Yeah, no, no it was. Big it was eighty four because I saw it with my friend David Proto. It was not eighty four. I was. We went to this girl's house that I was in love with. Okay, look. And it that up. was nineteen eighty four. Look, I know what year it was. We saw the Temple of Doom. Then we went to this girl Julie's okay. house. Anyways, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What that I was remember was. Jeanette Kahn said to us... Then he had a sequel about the said, circus. Is that what you're thinking of? No, no. But she had said, All right, well, here's a big... This, the guy who did Pee-wee's Big Adventure is going to do... Tim Burton. Is going to do Batman. And we are like, But he did whoa. Beetlejuice. Maybe you're thinking In of Beetlejuice. Between. Yes. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. But then... Because this was in the works for a while. Yeah. And Beetlejuice... Was, was eighty six, so they had signed him for the for the Batman after Pee Wee. They they, they signed he Tim was the guy. They signed him. Warner yes. Brothers. Yes. Yeah. He was the guy who was going to develop. Okay. And <clears throat> when we heard that, it was like, uh oh. And then I saw the movie, and it was like, oh wow, which this movie? is great. Pee Wee's Big Adventure because it's got all the nineteen eighty four visuals. It's got the visuals. It's got the big shadows. It's got the all the cinema, you know, the cinematography tricks that would make. A cool Batman. Okay. So I felt more at ease about it, plus the fact that Danny Elfman did the music for Pee Wee. That's true. And that had this also very dramatic, almost 1930s yeah, 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 melodramatic. Yeah, I can't think so, of the guy's name that would do the music. There was a for all. There's a uh, composer. Okay. That would do all that. Du -du 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 -du. It was like there were guys. Max who, something. Well, there was a bunch of guys in that in anyway. the 30s. Yeah, um, but there's Brand one Waxman was one of these. I'm guys thinking of the guy that did like era. King Kong, yeah, like the yeah. guy that did the music yeah, no, for the right, horror movies, right? Right, but it was I can't think of it. Anyway, so anyway, so you know, Jeanette Kahn says they hired this. So that was Tim Burton guy, and he's going to do Batman. So that's in the background. So yes. you know, okay, it's going to be in the hands of a guy who's really visual. So everybody in comics was into the idea, like, wow, we're finally going to get a Batman. Well, set the place in the mid '80s. There's no superhero movies right now. There's well, there only, was Superman. There was yeah, but that was Superman three, right, right, right. Four, so you had Superman and Swamp Thing. The Superman was like the big budget thing, and Batman was going to be a big budget thing. So that was kind of exciting, and yeah. we we're all worried that it was going to be campy well, because was on that's the all they that wanted point. to do. Well, they were still Supergirl. They, they, were, made, they were bombs. They made Superman four in time for the Quest for anniversary, Peace. 50th anniversary. So that yeah. was 87 or something, 88. So anyways, we're all excited, yeah. but we're all worried, and we're thinking, like, is this going to be campy? Because that's all that anybody thought of was the 66 Batman. And yeah. they didn't want to see Bat Batman being campy. So 
We were all following the casting, and when they said Jack Nicholson, it was like, oh, this is going to be a big movie. You know who it was supposed I mean, to be, because though? because it's Jack Nicholson, because no. he was the biggest star. I'm just saying... No, it was supposed the, to be John Glover. But what I'm saying is... I'm just saying that was the star, big thing. Yeah. And we knew that once you add Jack Nicholson, you've got a, a big movie. Yep. Whether it makes money or not, it's going to be noteworthy. So he was the guy, right? In the eighties, Jack was, was, in, was his terms of endearment, he was his in honor. His, right, he was in his. He was zone. the biggest star there was. So in October, One of the stars. October of '88. Okay. I get an invite to go to a, a convention in London. That late? Because the movie comes out June '89. Well, I'm in London yeah. in October. Yeah. And part of this thing was we had, I got into London for the UCAC show. And it was held in London, and I got there like the day or day before the show. Well, the day we got there, I got to the bar, and all these people are going, "Oh, we got to see the Batman set. We're, you know, oh, we yeah. a tour of the Batman." Who are these people? Other comic people, comic people, but okay. like maybe some of the Brits and some a couple of the Americans who came early. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ah, so where, I where, missed this. where was that? London or Pinewood Studios? Pinewood Studios. Studio, where they London. filmed the James Bond movies. Right. right. So um, during that. After, during the show, it's like, oh, there's Jeanette Kahn. Let's ask Jeanette to see if we can get on her own to go. Right. So my future wife, Peggy, and I yep. wound up going to Pinewood after the show. Right. And we weren't allowed to take pictures and right. any of that. But we got to tour the sets. We got to meet all the production people. Didn't get to meet Tim Burton, although we saw him come in while oh, we did? were talking to the... Were, yeah. they, were they still filming it? They didn't know. They were still building the sets. Oh, wait and a minute. They started filming in when did it December. This is pretty late in the year that's, for a movie that's coming out in June. That's isn't how it, it works, though. They, so now they do years ahead of no, time. No, I understand, and there's, it, it's for other reasons probably. But oh. so he, they, we got to see the sets. I got to see the costume. Uh huh. Got to see the Batmobile. Oh, you like saw the so Batmobile? Impressed. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, and the guys who did, who built the Batmobile, the guy, the guys who made the costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like really proud to show it off. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Even was, though, you know, it was like... Was the set guy was, there, Anton first? No. But, I mean, he was probably there, just we didn't encounter him. So anyways, right. I came home from that trip, and I was like telling my buddy, Jonathan Peterson. Oh, yeah. Jonathan was doing the movie editor. books at that point. He was given... He was working with Carlin as assistant editor on Superman, and he was also doing the movie com the movie comics. What which movie comics? They did Alienation, a movie comic adaptation. Oh, okay. He did Superman... Uh, Quest for Peace? Three, no, we did, I think, yeah, yeah did Richard Quest for Pryor Peace. One? No, he did a Quest for Peace. Okay. And there was some other, like, basically Supergirl, maybe? Swamp Thing? No, it was, it was, these were the movies and also the properties, like the toy things. Okay. So anyways, he says, he says, well, I just talked to Dick Giordano. Yes. And I said, can we do a Batman movie comic? Uh, Dick was the editor at the time. Dick was the editorial director, or right. whatever editor, I don't yeah. know, head editor. Dick editor, Giordano, editor. for people who don't know. Started Charlton, longtime right. inker, editor, artist, writer, artist. Also, right, right. From Connecticut, too, by the yeah. way. Yes, local so, boy. So he, um, Jonathan says, can we do a Batman movie comic? Yeah. And Dick says, sure. So then Jonathan says, hey, why don't you do it? And okay. I was like, uh, I had to take time off of Superman because That's I was right. working on Superman. Which, by Carlin the way, I got a story about happy. Carl Kiesel doing Phillips for you because you couldn't make a, a monthly schedule, he said. That's another story. Okay. I, we'll, well talk about this, that some other time. Yeah. Anyway, during this uh, this time, we uh, I had to work around the Superman stuff. Yeah. So I was writing, writing and drawing Adventures of Superman at the time. And I told Carlin, right. this would be really good, but I can only 
he would only let me off because they didn't want to take time off. So I was writing it, basically my time off while I did the Batman movie thing. I still had to write Adventures of Superman, do some covers. Okay. And then Dan Jurgens drew like one issue of Adventures. And um, I spent like February through April drawing the comic. Hello, Sarah. Hi. That's fine. Sarah's fine. Sit in and listen. No, all right. So we're talking about when you're drawing the Batman movie. Did you ever see the Batman movie, Sarah? Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson. One, maybe back really? Day. What is the deal with that? I didn't have anyone who took me under their movie wing, okay? She's a Star Wars movie? I did, and uh, the first time I saw one was on VHS. Saw no, no, no. Yeah, the prequels. You saw the real Star Wars, yeah. not that nonsense. And uh, I think I was six. Okay. When I first saw it. All right. And uh, yeah, I remember I was. I think I was six when I first saw it too. Right? Really? No. Back in the 1880s. <laughs> in the desert scenes and I was like I looked over my mom was out I, yeah but I understand that when you're older yeah I was a kid I was like 12 my mom was working in late shift right. and she goes yeah. alright I'll take you to see this movie and I'm watching the movie I look over there she's out I go yeah and then, she, and then when Star Wars was over I remember my mom got in the car and she goes that was the stupidest movie I ever saw and then she looked at me and I go can I go see it again and she goes are you serious and I went home and over dinner she told my father Alec Guinness was in it you know the guy from Bridge on the River Kwai <laughs> and Carrie Fisher or De- Debbie Reynolds' daughter's in it. That's all they knew. Right. And she goes, and he wants to go see it again. I go, that was the greatest movie I ever saw in my life. So anyway, so I didn't fall asleep. And yeah. I saw it 13 times that summer. Oh well, wait, I kept how old were you when you saw it? I was uh, 11, 10. See, okay. I, was, I was already an yeah, adult. Yeah, 11, yeah. An adult. Really? I would have been really adults. I would have been Seriously. 20. 20 when I saw it, okay. just before it turned Don't you ever think of that, too? I look at my, da- my dad's gone now, but I always go, when he was my age, did he know he was an adult, or he was just kind of faking it? I think you fake it until you make it, in, to be honest. You, know, you ever, said he was in... Oh, he was in the Marines. He was quite... He had a construction job. That was, they were grown up. He was yeah. an adult. Yeah, he was... A, we're not adults. They were like, okay, just yeah, I killed a guy in World War II, and I'm going to work now. Lock the door. That's it. There was no, like... They didn't talk about watching TV. They didn't yeah. watch TV. If you saw a ball game on a Saturday afternoon, that was a luxury because they were yeah. doing either lawn, you know, cutting the lawn right. or doing work or going to... You, you didn't have free time. See, we I have a lot a, of free time now. When I turned 18, I knew I was an adult because I had to get a job. I was going to say, literally, I turned like 17. I was like, all right, next year is when it starts. Seriously? And roles reversed. I'm in the situation, I think I told you, I'm in a situation where I'm supporting my mom. Oh, no, I don't know this. So, yeah, I've been supporting her for about four years now. Oh, okay. And so, that's... like, literally, I hit 18 and uh, things just flip flopped. Oh, well, I was working no. full time. Yeah, like, that's exactly I, what I did. No, yeah, I hear you. Exactly. My mom yep. needed, she had, you know, her part-time job. Yeah. But we needed, needed help. Yeah. The tavern had to I was torn nine, down yeah. when I graduated no, high school. So I had to go. But and, that's what you yeah. do. Absolutely. You, you have no choice at the same time. But here's the no, thing. She had energy. And, yes. and that's, and we, here's yeah. the thing, though. It wasn't a choice, but though. But here's the thing. What? If you had that choice, 
you wouldn't do it. It's, it was an of assignment, you wouldn't right? Do it. And that's why you did it. But then at that age, that was not a bad thing. No, that that's you, what everybody you did. You have though. to do something. If you didn't have to the luxury of Choosing. like waffling about. Yeah. What do I do today? I know I have. I'm going to gonna tell you. Yeah. Here's what's uh, the, the other night I watched the Oscar awards. Yes. Real quick. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. this woman won an award, and the guy Chris Evans who plays Captain America, she went to get up to get her award, right, and she and tripped he, over and her dress she, a little she, bit. Yeah, right. she had this big gown. Uh huh. So he lended a hand and helped her up the stairs, mm -hmm. and the world is like, oh my God, look how chivalry he is, and so I go, that's. And I'm just looking. I go, well, of course you would help. You like we were. We were raised, raised differently. Way. I was like, yeah. you see a woman that needs to go up the stairs, and you just, ex oh, miss, can I help you? It's like holding the door for somebody. It doesn't mean that. Exactly. Why is the world in shock? Because he actually did something because that's normal. Because he was a good guy. No, literally, I had just had a table, like, maybe yeah. an hour ago. And did they put and the chairs back in when oh they're my done? God, they're like, they're like, he had a walk. Cane. I saw a cane. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. so, like, brittle. And yeah, I saw and that. Yeah. And he still... Pulled her chair out. Of course. Pulled the chair out and even assisted taking the jacket off with one hand. I was like... You know what I don't like? I don't like the car door openers now. Because I'm from the old school where I go open the door for my wife or girlfriend first. And then I walk around. Now it's like, beep, beep. And it's I'm like, I still open the door for her? Because it's like, the technology changed, but she's still my wife. So it's like, it's a sign of respect. Yeah. I don't I don't understand that. I have found that when... People are amazed by stuff like that. I know. Door for somebody, I'm like, because why sometimes when they do do nice things, they get stabbed in the back and there you get it thrown in your face. Like, I've oh, had what's people, wrong with you? are you giving her? So, I started yeah. doing the Batman movie, yeah. So, I started to do it, popped in well, with her. Fine. You changed I know, I like too. that. I, I do it, it all the time. I, I, why do I have your water? I gave, I didn't really want it. Okay, good. Because so I, I, I touched that in advance of doing the movie. This this is, I can't up believe to this it. is so late in the year that it's like late fall in the 88 yeah but they did they, it's they, amazing because nowadays it's like oh no we're working on stuff no, years no, and, and the thing that's weird to me is there's so much post-production and that was what computers were supposed to make easier yeah but clearly by looking at the credits it's a lot of man hours yeah and i think what the reason they do these things well in advance is because there's so many people who they multiple oh teams multiple like, shops. You watch doing the credits in the Marvel movies. It goes yeah. on for ten minutes. Right. So I mean, my argument has always been that they should have done a low-budget Batman as a cleanser in between the the uh, Christian Bale. Because Batman. Are you talking about nowadays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why can't they do something it's that easy. has minimal? It's a detective movie. Well. And again, I know you didn't like the movie, and I haven't which seen one, it yet. Which one? But First Man, they did a lot of practical effects. Yeah, they did. No, and First Man was this thing, just boring. That's what, what I'm was. saying. Like practical effects, like even with the, the uh, Christopher Nolan, like Interstellar. Yeah. There were a lot of effects that were practical that you wouldn't think would be practical. They but would, the bookshelf thing. There was a bunch of stuff. No, really? I mean even effects things. Huh. And that that I is that was all special. But I'm effects. saying that stuff is in camera. It doesn't need to go out to a. a studio in New Zealand to create digitally. What, so did you watch the making of it or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But what I'm saying is, in those days, you had certain crews in Los Angeles that yep. did model work. Right. So you had matte paintings and you had model work uh, in yes. the Batman movie. Yes. The sets were built up about 20 feet high. Yeah. Anything beyond that was, was a matte painting. painting. I know. So, I've seen the mappings of the right, film. Right, right. So you have stuff that's easily composited film footage. Right. And you have the model stuff that's cut in and out, you know, yeah. back and forth. It's not someone like a thousand people Making building a, digital a 3D thing. environment. Yeah.
Yeah. So it's not a case of better or worse. It's just man hours. Yeah. You know, um, and the guys that did the model work in Batman did a great job. Yeah. You know, they did the bat plane flying. Oh they yeah, did all yeah, this yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't need like a year. The other thing to think about is... Wait, how long did they make that movie? I'm saying they started it, they filmed it like December <laughs> amazing through, to me. I think December through February. And then and it was out in June? Post-production was the model stuff. And then it, the that's crazy. preview was at the end of May. Yeah. But that's how it worked. Wow. Here's the thing. You don't think about this. What? In those days, I think it was a $40 million movie. Was it that cheap? Yeah. It was a lot, though. Back then, so $40 yeah, million, yeah, yeah. Dollars, you figure how much cast costs and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, but yeah. you're talking about a big... That's an outlay from Warner Brothers. They have to either finance $40 million from a bank source. Yeah. So if you have to finance that and you carry that for a full yeah. year, yeah. that costs you more. Yeah, interesting. So that was why another reason why those movies got turned around quickly was because... They don't want to sit there and soak up the interest. Because they're paying interest on it. Yeah. See, it's funny when you say this stuff because people, I don't think, realize it's just, it actually comes down to simple banking. Right. You took a loan out, you have an interest and loan, that's why and there's money, and That was investors. the reason why DC didn't do many superhero movies while the Harry Potter things were going. Because, because they, they were they spending knew their how money much, on that. And they knew how much there's going to be one every oh, year. Oh, is that true? Here's how much money is budgeted, like $100 million so or whatever. So Warner Brothers, for that period of time, just spent their money on Harry Potter movies instead of Superman? And then they started bringing in... Oh. They, that's where legendary and different companies yeah, yeah, started yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. in as fi- co-financing or financing. They were the bank. It really is nickels and dimes. Yeah. Oh, so but those people are the production. Why don't they make movies like this? Because there's nobody putting money up. Right. And this obviously the formula works yeah. for lower budget stuff. Yeah. But the big budget is like playing the lottery. Because the chances are you might make your money back, but you might make a lot of money. Yeah. You might lose your money. But the, the, On the, the box office higher. Right. It's like playing a safe bet versus a big bet. So now Amazon and Netflix are in that business of buying movies at film festivals Yep, that were all done low budget yep, or yep, yep, yep. small budget and then they put money into production or maybe they spiff them up a little bit and then they, they put them up. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of that stuff. There's a, oh, I told you. You can see there's, like a, there's a, an absence of movies from the big studios in those months because when all there this, aren't big yeah. movies. Because no, they're not making... I, like I didn't realize how it worked until I, I did a movie as an extra in 2009. No, wait. When did Indiana Jones come out? 2008. I, in 2007, we filmed the movie. It was right. me, Patrick Warburton, who was the tick. Right. Uh, what's the kid's George name? George Siegel, too. George Siegel. George Siegel. George Siegel, Patrick Warburton, uh, Masterson. Danny Masterson. Danny Ma- and his brother. Nice. There were two of them. And so the movie got made, and then I said, when is it out? It didn't show up for years, because they make, I don't think people realize, they make a lot of movies, not special effects movies, but a lot of movies are made, and they just don't get a distributor. Right. And they sit on a shelf, right? And then suddenly somebody will buy it at a film festival right, or right, hear about it, right. and then they'll release it onto DVD or right. video, and that's how it gets a life. And sometimes that's how they get like completion funds too. Like yeah, they yeah, may yeah, not yeah. be able to do a final but edit. But there's or a music. lot of movies that just never saw the light yeah. of day because they didn't have anybody to put them out there. Well, they wind up on HBO or, or Cinemax HBO, or Direct TV or Direct yeah, DVD. Yeah. yeah. So, but no. What, what, so that's what you're saying. Though. I don't think fans, fans particularly 
always ask stupid questions, and I mean that because they don't see the business side of it. Right. They go, why don't they make more of these movies? Because no one's spending the money right. on that. Right. And it's, it really comes down to return on investment. Right. If I'm going to make a James Bond movie for forty million, right. or now it's a two hundred million. Yeah, yeah. You want seven or eight hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. It's up to you. I'll have another. Sure. I'll have another. Oh, I'm right? good. Yeah, okay. we got nowhere to go. Um, but yeah, the like the no, example it's, it's is really when you were talking money. to yeah. Patrick Fabian at that dinner that we had after yeah, yeah, yeah. the oh, yeah. Reign of the Superman. He's uh, he was, uh, what talking, show is it? He's Better Call He was he, talking about that film that he's that, shopping around at film fest, right? Right. But on his own dime, right? But he's paying for his own flights, but, right? And, and the the advance. I mean, if some studio like Amazon or Netflix does one, I have seen it. Okay, so they buy it, then the money, if he's part of the investors or if yeah. he's got some kind of deal, he'll get some kind of payment at that point. So it's worth his while to do that. Because, it's almost like a Kickstarter program, or it's like doing a self-published comic. That's what I'm saying. You, you go spend your money on it to conventions, and you and hope it, that what Image picks it up and distributes it. You know, you hope that you. I mean, in, in the case of that, is you're creating some kind of a character for yourself. You want somebody to help ease the burden of well, no, printing I heard and publishing. Carl, today I was listening to the Word Balloon podcast. Right. Carl Kiesel was on. Right. And he said how they did that Section 6, is it? Section 0. Section 0 with uh, Tom Grumman. Right. And he said they did a three-issue book. They did a Kickstarter. They finished the story. Then they started back with Gorilla Comics right. back in 2000, 2000 or something. Yeah, yeah. So now he's doing another Kickstarter, right. which ends next week. Right. So if you're listening to this, go check it out. Section 0, 1959. Right. Right. And what he said is what you do is he brings him to uh, shows. Like he'll go to comic conventions. Right. He has the, uh, the book there. Right. And what you do is you hope that you get picked up right. by a bigger right. company right. and then they'll put that at more comic book stores. Well, that's what he's doing with Image. He's doing yeah. the first one, which was a Kickstarter hardcover. They're breaking it into six issues yeah. and Image is republishing it in oh, they monthly are. format. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's, they'll, they have a chance of that. Well, that's because you get a bigger audience. Yeah, yeah, because your Kickstarter is just very limited. Even if they get big money, you're still talking about a couple but, thousand but people. This, but this didn't exist years ago. No. No, but people have done it. Where just like regular book authors will print their own book and then take it in a, they'll load them in their car and go. No, that's how Teenage Turtles did. But I'm I mean, saying that's how. It, yeah, yeah. You, so are, they, are the Kickstarter program books nowadays really the new independent comics? When we were in the '80s and '70s, and you'd have a guy like a First Comics or Warp Graphics. Yeah, yeah. Were those kind of like the same thing? They were spending their own money well, in those days, to print their own stuff. In those days, though, again, you could go through Warp, which was Richard, Wendy and Richard Penny. Richard Penny, right? Yep. Or you, I mean, there were smaller publishers that actually paid a page rate. So that was the difference. There was even but who was putting small, all that money up front? Though the Pennies were. Well, I don't know person. what their deal was, but I'm yeah. saying, like, if you went to Eclipse Comics, for example, yeah. or Pacific, you basically were sharing your property with them. In other words. They published it. You could still retain your creator rights. Yeah, but, but they, they put might the have, money up for the printing. And, and the, they may have rights to s try to sell it to Hollywood. Oh, okay. So that's how that works. And that's how Image, Image was different studios. from that. Yeah. Image was you produced a book on your own dime, yeah. and you owned it outright. Image just published it. Image just gave you publishing services. Oh, okay. Dark Horse, there's a, a kind of a quid pro quo. <laughs> Where Dark Horse retains rights to shop your property. Oh, okay. So they would also. Yeah, but also that's give cool you, though, because you don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. No, if you're writing and drawing a book, you're not going to go knock on the studio doors the trying to sell. Problem is, they're not going to be willing to publish everybody's book. That's so why there's words, a lot of guys trying to get Dark Horse has limited budget 
just like any publisher, and limited number of books. So Kickstarter is good for that because Kickstarter may allow you to then pay yourself a wage for yeah. doing a book for a year. Whereas if you did it on your own, you get no money until it's printed, and then you have to wait well, a couple I, months after here's that. A, here's a stupid fanboy question. Is that really interfere with the whole creative process because you're just too worried about the business end of it all? Instead of you trying to come up yeah. with a good story and a good artwork, you're sitting there going nickels and dimes. How am I going to sell this? How much money am I going to get? How much the print is going to cost? But that's an impediment. That's always been the impediment of doing creator-owned stuff is that you... You're worried not, too much no, about those selling. Not everybody's it. qualified to do all those jobs. No. So that's for my most of my career. I worked for Marvel or DC. Right. Mostly DC. But you you were worried about storytelling, though. No? And how right. am I going to make the money? That about? takes it off of your. It takes that pressure off. You know, you're going to get a page rate. Yeah. So you're going to earn a living while you're doing stuff and throwing your ideas out. And in in my case, it's paid off in. You know, having yeah, a no, piece of uh, various yeah. characters that then I get money now that I'm in my right, right. decrepitude. I get a check <laughs> once in a while. Exactly. So, Here's your three dollars for Cat Grant. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm saying it, it's it's you know the Kickstarter thing is basically has when it's done right, it allows the creator to create their book and not yeah. have to do it for free yeah. with the hope of making money on a print. Or give that character to a big corporation or share where they're going to lose the, yeah. the rights to And those to all that. work. Yeah. I mean, those are all valid things. It's just, um, just one a is, different way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, I did when I did The Messenger, yeah. my, I did that back in 99. I did it like in 97 and 8 for Mike Manley, who was trying to publish his comics, Monster Man comic. Mike, who should be a terrific con if he gets back Hopefully, to me. yes. I know, he and, said he would. But he, he was doing his uh, Action Planet comics, and he tried, to, he tried to self-publish, put a lot of money and a lot of time, and yeah. it's, it's a really hard row to hoe. Yeah. Because you, you can put all this effort in, and comic stores can still off. say they don't care. Yeah. So anyways, I did it, I did, I started the Messenger stuff for him for free, Eight page or ten page yeah, segments, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I, I took it to Image and I said, "Hey, can we continue it?" And Jim Valentino said, "Let's do it as a one shot." Yeah, I made no money off of that right. ever. Right. The money was paid to a colorist who did a brilliant job. Nick Bell did a great job. The, all the production, all the advance, you know, a couple thousand went to production. Yeah, printing and, and all that. Yeah. I never earned a royalty and never earned a cent off of it. Yeah. But I'm happy I did it. But, but you can't what, do that when you. What were you hoping the outcome could have been, though? Somebody, well, the outcome movie I was company hoping, picked I it really up. I just wanted to have my creation out there. Yeah. And I knew I was getting other work, so I was able to subsidize by working for DC, Marvel, whoever. I think it was Chaykin. I was listening to Word Balloon podcast again, plugging John Suntress. He said something like, "If you're really good as a writer in comics, they look at you like, well, why aren't you writing TV or movies?" There's like a weird thing, like this is the Little League, you know, like you're a Little League or Minor League ball player, but if yeah. you're really good, why aren't you playing for the Yankees or the Red? Why aren't you in the Major Leagues? Well, so if you're doing comics, you're kind of like Little League, and then there's the Big right. Leagues. But here's, I remember a lot of guys go into movies, though. Right, and it's easier now, I think, because there's so much production. Oh, yeah. Netflix, I mean, there's so many TV Hulu. shows, it's easier. Yeah. You know, not that anything is easy. No, but, but there's a lot of outlets. There's so. avenues for it if you want it. Internet, it shows, right. YouTube. Yeah. <clears throat> when, I remember in the 80s, and actually in the 80s, I remember Gil Kane was big on this. This was before Neil Gaiman, before Alan Moore. Gil Kane was always basically ragging on the fact that, sorry if that's politically correct. What that you can't say that anymore. I don't know, but whatever. I don't even know. I'm he was like, always wait, complaining what? that the level of art, yes, had risen, 
yeah. in that period, but the level of writing really had because good writers worked elsewhere. And it yeah, was true. They went to go work on TV. It was true. And it doesn't that doesn't demean the guys who were working on comics there. It's just that the, the technical requirements or whatever of writers at that time were not the same as, the, as artists. Right. We, you know, in the eight, late 70s, you had to be more realistic. You had to put more stuff into it. Right. You had to do right, all this right. stuff. But then the writers were still doing stupid stuff like Superman cuts the top of a volcano off. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? That, I love that part. So so there was, until Alan Moore really kind of turned things around when people yeah. started reading Marvel. It became Man, more serious, yeah. Yeah, it was like it, 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 it le- raised a level of craft. Um, and then Neil Gaiman raised it. And Neil Gaiman, of course, went out of comics and became a bigger thing. He had an offer, yeah. You know? He still does comics. But, no, but looking back, like, but didn't Carrie Bates go right for TV? Didn't Jerry Conway go right for they TV? Did. They all went to TV and they movies. They did because that yeah. was where better money was. Right. You know? Why tell the same stories monthly on a piece of paper right. when you can tell weekly on a TV show? Right, but it's 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 like, you know, for whatever reasons, they're also seeing their name on a TV show or something. It's kind of an cool. egotistical thing, yeah. But you're still working in a similar situation as a comic company is that you're writing stuff that you don't own. Right. Except you have a, a union. Hutch, yeah. Well, but I mean, you had a union, the Screenwriters Guild, the union gave you better protections and you get money and residuals and stuff. Oh, because there's none of that in comics. Well, there's royalties, but that's not the same. It's not a union. Yeah. I mean, reuse is what residual in, in a though movie. Neil, though Neil Adams went at least once or twice trying to form a union. Yeah. Got shot down. It's too hard to do. And it's too hard because there's too many freelancers. There's nobody they, working in a centralized yeah. location. Everybody right. working out of their house. Well, there's always going to be somebody who will be willing to work. And for nowadays money. they'll just uh, offset or not offset. What's the word? Go to comic shows and sell stuff. No, I'm going to say they'll just out farm it oh, oh, to, oh. to South America oh, yeah, yeah. or the Asia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't want to work yeah. here in the union, I'll just go and get scouts. No, there's always. And in the '70s, DC did that by hiring a bunch of Filipino artists. That's where you got. You know, they and uh, Warren, Warren magazines got Argentinians and, and, and. But isn't that where Lopez comes from and Delbo? A lot of those artists came in from South America. They were living here, I think, to get work. They came here. But uh, there was a big push, though. Was, wasn't there in the '70s? There was a lot of. Well, there was a way. Artists came from Brazil or something. Yeah, but they were actually shopping it to them. Like people who were in the Philippines had studios. Now, it's so almost like the ball players. They go down to the Dominican Republic yeah, yeah. and recruit like pitchers from like Haiti or do something. They pay yeah. them less. I don't know. I don't think once they get here they do. But the, that was the case with comics. Was they were paying these people less than they were paying people here. Okay. So so you know there was definitely friction because it's always friction when somebody. So the whole idea of outsourcing the artwork is not new. They've been doing that since the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's easier because they can do digital files. right. Back then they had to, you know, they did have a degree of, right, you had, you know, airmail coming from Brazil or from the Philippines or something. Anyway, how this has to do with Batman was all because we were talking about how quickly they turned things around. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back on track. With Batman, the... So it's the late fall 88... And there's still no comic book now, but they're making the movie. Right. We start when we started it. We had to time it to where the book had to be, the comic had to be finished by April, like the first week of April, so that it could ship in June. And that was cutting it close. Did they care that it came out before the movie? Because I think it came out before no, it the movie. No, was technically they were not allowed to. It came out Street only. Street date. Yeah. Yeah. By virtue of that, back then though, I think if you look, comics came out on Fridays. 
they did come out Friday. Because I always the remember movie this. Open on a Friday. I actually got the, that same week. the movie adaptation of Return of the Jedi weeks before the movie came out, and it sucked because it ruined the movie. Because yeah, yeah. you saw a lot of right. the spoilers, right. you know. But here it wasn't. I don't think they were, there was no internet, so it's like if you bought it, you were there. You know, well, Warner was worried about any kind of spoilers Leaks coming out. Yeah, because they um, they just Sounds didn't like bad. the idea that the comics would somehow steal their thunder. Yeah, but, but how would people know about it? There's no what? no, I know. I mean, it was a weird situation. We had got we got the comic book sold Thank in the you. movie theaters. That was another thing. That was yeah, yeah, I remember that. Matt Ragone and I think Ed Shukin. I forget who it was, but the, there were circulation directors at DC. And we talked to them. They were like, hey, this is a good opportunity. If we can get this in theaters, yeah. it basically helps the comic stores because comic stores need new customers. Right. So we they paid extra. We created like a, I created artwork for a little stand and a little pocket that holds the comics. Yeah, 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 like a little box. And they, and they had to pay like per location, per theater to have that sitting on the Did they actually do this? stands. Yes. Oh, I never saw it. Well, here's what happened. They planned this all out. It was all set to go. Yeah. And then Warner Brothers, like a week before, said, we don't want the comic in the movie, in the theaters before until... Before the movie. Yeah, no, no. We don't want it in, in the theaters until the second week. Oh. So they basically screwed us. Oh, that's We missed sucks. out on yeah. that first oh, weekend. first, the first weekend biggest. made 50 million biggest. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the move comic didn't actually go on sale Which at the until, time was huge. Now yeah. people like 50 million. Oh, well, back then. Big. Yeah. Was but the comics yeah. didn't go on sale in the in the movie theaters until that next week. Yeah, but then you've already missed the diehard fans because they but come out the first. I week. still hear from people who bought it at a at a movie theater, and they had the, at the last page of the book was yeah. a comic store locator for eight hundred. Oh, number. That, yeah. So if you liked it, you could call up and find a comic. There was store. no internet. There's no Google. You had to call a phone number. Right. You had to send a and push a button with right, say you had to send a telegram. Really? No. no. But I mean, you Holy had, Express. That was a big deal. Yeah. But it was again. It showed that now you look back on this. And, was and there like, an well, increase in Batman comic it. sales after the movie? Yeah. Was it in advance of it too? Oh, really? Yeah. Just having it be a property. There's always there was that aura. I'm of trying like, to think. What was the story? Who was writing it back then? Was that Ed Hannigan or? No, it was during the. Um, Denny O'Neill. It was Denny was was editing it. It was during the probably Doug Mensch and. Uh, um, oh, Jim Starlin was on it too. Well, during that time, though, was that... Is that the death of Robin right around there? That would have been 87 or 88. Okay. So it was, whatever it was, it was maybe it was Alan pre- Grant. It could have been Alan, Alan Grant. Grant. It was the... All right. Know. But anyways. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what the stories were. So. Yeah, so when we, when we did the comic... It might have been Mike here's, Barr. Here's the thing with the comic was, the big deal was, and Jonathan argued this, he said, if we don't do it, if, you, if I can't get you to do it, I don't want it to just be a crappy comic book adaptation. Yeah. In, in past incarnations, they wouldn't necessarily was, throw their best talent at no, it. It was it'd be a an afterthought. It's like, okay, yeah. this is an obligation to do it. Yeah. And they knew they might sell some copies, but it wasn't like they made a big deal out of it. Yeah. So when Jonathan and I talked about it... Let me take part, a break for a second, because I have to take a wee. Oh. All right. So now we're back after that important pee break. <laughs> You'd be surprised that the urinals and the sinks almost look alike at oh, one no. point. I'm not going <laughs> to... That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. So what I was getting at is... So you were talking about John, was it Jonathan... Jonathan Peterson... said, let's put the book out in the movie well, no, theaters. he said, let's, let's... He wanted to make this thing memorable. Yeah. And the reason he thought of me was because I was good at likenesses. It's like, let's... If we can get likeness approval, let's do this right. so it looks like the movie. Because that's another thing. A lot of times these things weren't... Like the Superman quest for peace. I don't even remember seeing that. Um, Did they do I it? I think Kurt Swan drew it. Oh, It wasn't... Okay. It wasn't 
badly drawn or anything. It was just that they didn't really have access to the movie production stuff. He drew Superman. They had yeah. Christopher Reeve's Superman. He drew yeah. the traditional story. So anyways, that was a big thing was to get likeness approval. If we got that, we were going to try to make it look as... And, and we wanted it to be a movie experience like you'd mentioned the Star Wars. They yeah. had Al, Al Williamson had done the Star Wars yeah, adaptation. Back, Jedi, yeah. They look great. Yeah. Um, we wanted to... Carlos to something was the anchor on those? Garzon. So it was his, yeah. somebody... His I friend. know, they're almost the same the first But it was like somebody who inked a lot yeah. of his stuff. So anyways... But they were top quality. That was our goal, was to make it look like the movie. Yeah. And at one point, people don't realize or know... It's like 64 pages having to be fully drawn in the space of about two and a half months at Yeah, most. that's what I'm saying. The time frame is a lot crazy. of stuff. Yeah. And we put the, the call out to Al Williamson to see if he would ink it. Oh, did you? Yeah. And uh, he graciously called and said, I'm really sorry. He just signed him on. Why, was he known to be a fast inker or something? No, we just thought he he, he was our inspiration doing the Star, the Star Wars. Star Wars yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought it would have been really... Empire and cool. Jedi, not Star Wars. Star Wars the Chaken yeah, yeah. is the worst looking art. No, I've, I've, no, I've I still like that No, I, anyways, I tell you, it was horrible. Okay, I don't think you know so. You know which one is worse? The Raiders Lost Dark one with John Buscema and Klaus Jansen. Um, artwork is horrible. But again, how much access they, they had? None. They no, had. there was no. They had right. no photos to work. You'd on. have a script and you'd be working kind of blind. Pretty much, so, that's what it looks like. Yeah. So Al, Al, we thought that would have been great. And Al had worked for DC and then he'd left DC. So yep. we were hoping to get him, lure him back. Yep. He explained he had just signed a contract. He was getting health insurance. Oh he yeah. yeah. So that didn't happen. No, I said, one Jonathan, of the best, I said look. In the absence of that, let me. I'll try to do it myself. Famous last words. It's a lot of work. You inked all that too? Yeah. What are you, nuts? It was a terrible schedule. And the only thing that got me through it... Did you lightbox a lot of those likenesses? No, you couldn't. The only I'm thing you could do... Because they look like Keaton and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You just had to eyeball it. Did you really? Yeah. Did you I didn't have, have a copy machine. I didn't have any of that. You didn't have any photo references? I had reference, but the oh. reference is not applicable all the time. Like, if you're looking at a still, basically... Yeah. I would find a face, and if it was a specific angle, yeah. I would try to flop it. If yeah. the guy was, because in a comic you have to have people talking back and yeah, forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't do a single panel for every dialogue balloon. No, it's kind you of have dark. to have a conversation. Though I do see nowadays people do. No, I they know. take one image and they put it thirteen times. Like, right. Oh my God, that's horrible. So what we'd have to, I have to reuse face faces. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I would redraw them. I didn't like copy them and paste no, them no, in. No, no, no. But you'd re, you, if you had a three-quarter view. From behind, yeah. it was unheard of. So a lot of stuff they don't film in movies because they're paying whoever Just millions of dollars. Yeah. They're going to get their face. They want your face. They don't want, they don't the want back your back of your head. No. Head. Right. So that was so that was the goal was to try to make this. Which thing. again, I don't think people realize that until you actually have There's to sit different down and mechanics. Do it. When you watch a movie, that's why you see all the faces and not like you don't see people's feet. That's true. Because in a comic book, it's all mid shot. Right. In a comic book, you pull back yeah. to give variety, and yeah. you often have to show full bodies. Right. The and, movies and it's like waist up. Person. What does his boot look like? What, what kind of shoes is he wearing? So, I mean, you really, it's stuff that you have to think about that's totally different. So, not only did I draw the 64 pages of comic, we had to also do two covers. Excuse me. I had to paint a cover. Yeah, the blue one, and then the one I bought. The painted the, cover, painting, co painting a cover is not like a one-day thing. What? And then I did the, the line art cover with the duo shade board for the, the newsstand edition. Yes. I mean, there was a lot of work. Um, and the only thing that got me through it 
was the fact that I survived inking George Perez on Crisis. Yeah. I kept going back to that. I said, Crisis did not kill me. This will not kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I got but through it. But the only difference is this one, you had to drop dead there. You had a deadline. Well, the crisis, we weren't allowed to miss deadlines because books came out that supported... No, but this is the each world is waiting for a Batman movie. I understand, but... Not everybody's waiting for crisis. They were. You couldn't miss shipping in those days. Oh, really? No. Not like now? No. Now, nowadays, they're issue, six months late. Issue 7 of Crisis has events that impact... All the other books. 30 other comics in the yeah. line. Yeah. You have to come out when you're supposed to come out. So there's a lot of Isn't pressure. Isn't that sad? Right that's kind of gone. Now they still do it. They try, but I see... Well, Again, that's not yeah. continuity, if there is continuity. Yeah. They push that back till like, June now because yeah. they can't get the artwork done or whatever's going on over there. And again, it's I don't blame anybody except the company. Who? The company sets the schedule. They should have had it finished before they solicited it? Well, they perhaps should have started it before it got late. Stuff gets started late. Started, what, the production of it? Yeah. I'm amazed in the they old days, even, Don't they wait till they have at least three books under the belt before they, they don't solicit? Know. They do one issue and they're already selling it? Sometimes they solicit with no pages. Oh, that's not good. No, it isn't good. No, and how many what, of those books actually get out? Or they, they get out with a different artist or two yeah. artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a different game. Somebody asked me, they go, do I like it in independent books? I said, no. They go, why? I go, because I don't want to invest money or time in a story that I don't think is going to finish. Because lots of times you'll get a book, the first two issues are good, and then there's no other books. It's yeah. like, why did I waste that time but on that's, that? You're, you're taking a gamble on know, something, and if you don't buy it... It happens more times than you but think. But if you don't buy it, then yeah. the guy can't get enough sales to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? I understand. So your, your support of buying it keeps that thing going. Yeah, but it, it needs more than just me. It, no, but here's the thing: with any Ministry in Space is a great one. If any book you ever you ever solicit, yeah, you everybody runs into this issue one, issue two, issue three. Right. The order is dropped. Oh, absolutely. In a yeah. formula that has yeah. nothing to do with sales. No, that's because just the way those it is. three are solicited before a book ever ships. Yeah, that's so why sometimes issue know. two are worth more than issue one because they didn't make enough of them. Because the stores order by a formula. Yeah. So a lot of times issue two and three can be rare. Yeah. Because or hard to find. But sometimes it kills the book by issue three because it's like the orders for three are so bad that you can't do four. Yeah. That's the reality of that market. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. So, so we're talking about the book. Well, when we were, when I was doing it. So you're painting the covers, you're inking it. And again, I don't want to underline Denny's writing it. Now, Denny, he has it easy because he's just going off the script, right? But it, you know what? It's, it's deceptive because I was looking through my notes. Yeah. Um, I found like some... I have copies of all the script revisions. Yeah. Denny went through, I think, three or four script revisions. Right. He started with the with the, the original screenplay that yeah. was supposed to be filmed. While he's writing that, they're filming. Yeah. And they're improvising. So his first draft, based on the screenplay, takes a two-hour movie and condenses it to 64 pages. That's a hard job. Yeah. So you have to cut stuff. Jonathan and I wanted to get as much stuff as we could into it, so that was something Denny knew as well. So he tried to balance both of those, but then when they make changes on the fly, he went back and revised stuff a couple times. But there's a big section initially that was cut with Batman on horseback, or yeah, Bruce Wayne yeah, on yeah, horseback, yeah. And, and some chase that didn't happen. And that was in there, that had to be revised. And then you don't know until you get footage or yeah, stills yeah. like what replaces it so it's a hard job so Denny at a certain point after multiple revisions Jonathan said 
do you want to keep doing the revisions or do you want to be done? And if you're done, that's fine. We'll just, he and I, Jonathan and yeah. I, would just keep up with whatever and yeah. adjust. So he basically, as, and again, he had, a, he had a day job. Yeah. He was editing. He was probably also writing other stuff, but he was editing. He was doing the question, I think, at the right, time, right, but right. he was editing the Batman books. So he said, I'm done. Yeah. So yeah. He, he basically was done after several revisions. And then Jonathan and I kept up with stuff that changes. Oh, the end thing. There's now, this how is different. That's by facts. We would find out by, they, at one point, initially we got full 8, eight, eight by 10 prints, photo prints. Of the... From the press photographer, or from the on-set Still photographer. Yeah, right. yeah. So we had a lot of really good stuff for the first, say, 20 minutes of the movie. And then it started getting spotty, so they started sending us contact sheets off of slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was black and white Xeroxes off the contact sheets, which were useless for reference. You see them, they're all muddy. Yeah. But we'd go, and then Jonathan would get script revision pages, and then we would try to match up the... Now, was the, movie, the movies mostly filmed out of order. Most of the time they work around people's schedules. Like if Nicholson's there for three weeks, they do all the Nicholson Honestly, scenes. Honestly, this was filmed in sequence Was it really? much. Yeah. See, that's rare. Nowadays no, you don't hear that. Yeah, you don't. And... Um, because Nicholson's in the movie all throughout. Yeah. There's, it would be different if no, he but was... it's just so odd because nowadays, literally, they'll give an actor a script. Yeah. And then we're shooting scene 23 yeah, yeah. today, scene 2. No, they... So the actors don't know where they're supposed to be They in the story. seem to film it somewhat... Well, that's... Yeah, that's, yeah. That's weird. Um, but that also allows them to play... To develop the script. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, this scene is improvised. Well, that's better than what was there, so we'll fit that in. Oh, okay. But then that eliminates something else. Yeah. So, I mean, the more they add, they can't add screen time, runtime to the movie. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they give them a hard number and say they this can, is it? Well, they, well, they don't it, know that until editing, really. But they want that movie to come in at two hours. Yeah. Because that gives you the number of screenings to make your money. Show during the day. Right. So, yeah. So if it's over two hours, you just lost a screening, it screws which is up. Box it screws up a seven and a nine p.m. show. It does. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyways, it run. It, so if you add cool stuff, you have to figure out what you're going to have to cut. Yeah. So the way we handled it was, I did from Denny's script. I started doing layouts, and I would position where the balloons were going. Right. So these are like really loose breakdowns. But they were on the drawing boards itself. I'd rule out the panels, yep. and then I would number and you know all this stuff for his his uh, for the balloons. And then I would do like eight pages, send it to the letterer John Costanza. Yeah. So while Costanza's working on the lettering, I would start on the next batch of eight pages, and then all the way through. So by the end of that, where we're doing layouts, we're at. Into Feb well into February, getting close to the end of their actual principal photography. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of knew, and we were able to adjust. Yeah. There weren't only I think there's only one or two instances towards the end of the comic where, when I got to the actual finishing of the page, I had to change something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There were only a couple instances where I was like, okay, white out the border and make two panels here to get this one scene in or something. Okay. Um, but that doing it in that way was good because then the word balloons were on the page. That's how they did it in those days. But right. having it before I actually did the finishes meant I didn't have to draw behind the balloons. Right. So it saves time. Saves some time. Page is finished. It can go to the colorist. All right. Um, and again, the book was done in 16-page 16, 16 signatures. I think it was 16-page. Yeah, eight, eight, that's right. Eight and, press. Up. And uh, when you go to press, that's so eight, eight, eight that was how it was 
also parceled out to Steve Olaf, the colorist. So Steve also got all the color reference, whatever we had reference-wise, he would get for color reference. Right. So he got a leg up on that, too. He didn't have to invent colors, maybe some stuff. And he, he's a brilliant colorist. I mean, he was like my favorite. Um, he, he did a great job on it. Yeah. But you have to, again, your idea was to make it look like the movies. No, no, no. And so scene, also I'm saying, so you, when you actually see the finished book, and then... We didn't... Well, we knew what the book looked like. The book wouldn't come from the printer until maybe the end of May. May? Okay. And you're almost... The and about we to got out. to see... It was a fan... A press fan press screening right. that DC was invited to, so I didn't even get to go to a premiere. Oh yeah, yeah. but it was an early screening the week before it, because I think it came out in I want to say June. June 7th? I'm going to say no, June 12th. It wasn't the first week. It of wasn't June. the first week of June because I won tickets on the radio station. You had to dress up like a Batman okay. uh, person, and I go to a bar in New Haven. And when did you which see Which is it a temple bar. But when did you well, see Well, here's it? how weird it is. Ron Garney's the bartender. Oh, okay. Artist Ron, yeah, yeah. Artist Ron Garney is the bartender. I show up as the Joker. Uh, Ron serves me a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. And then he killed you. And then he goes, here you go, Mr. Bond. I remember that. And I won and my... came back home. But here's the deal. Here's what I did. I, I, I got the ticket. And it was a, uh, a version of the Batman logo. Yeah. Remember, there was a big controversy. People thought it was an open mouth. They didn't really see it as a bat, which right. I don't well, understand why. Well, they added extra, extra they added scallops. Some, yeah, they, 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 they beveled it and embossed it, so it made three-dimensional. Right. So I get the passes, but here's what I do. Being a, a scoundrel, I worked at a color copy shop, which was very new back then, at Charette, yes. where Mike Zeck and all you people would come in. And wait, did you? And make... I made bogus color copy passes of the movie for your friends. For my friends. Oh, you creep! So when we went to the movie theater that night, I remember the fire marshal having a problem because there was more people there right. than there were seats. And they didn't know how there was. Little did they know that yours truly was making you padded the crowd. Was up. making bootleg movie passes okay. for the WPLR. Wow. WPLR, who I would then become King of the Nerds right, right. on a regular basis on the station years later. Right. But at the time, I was a scumbag. You and proved was, your ability was, to break the law. I did. Yeah, yeah. We had people sitting there watching the movie that shouldn't have been there. And people that legitimately won tickets. Did you have people sitting on your shoulders? No, there's people really mad that <laughs> night. People probably so we saw the, the back, we saw the Batman movie. I think we saw it a week earlier because Indiana Jones was June as yes. well. And uh, I think we saw like June 2nd or okay. 3rd. It was earlier yes. in June. June 3rd, whatever. Yeah. We saw it. And I remember just watching it going, oh, wow, this is really cool. Because we didn't know what we did thought it was going to be a comedy. Did it have the helicopter sequence after the Ace Chemicals? Yeah, we fight the Joker. Yeah. The Joker's in the he's helicopter. Like, ah, bird but boy. he's in the helicopter. Yeah, he's talking about Okay, that was cut from the release. No, that's I saw that in the movies. Now it's cut. It's on the DVD. They, they don't show the long shot. Where he's playing they show hey, close Birdman up. or something like they that. They have a yeah. close-up. Batman show shows the... up, blows up access chemicals. Right. There's thinks a he shot. got the Joker. There was a shot. Because we saw the... We saw it... Um, it it's very model. If you can tell, it's a model. It's a... No, it's a Joker. It's a helicopter hanging on wires. Yeah. And they cut that. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I saw that in the theater. That's what I'm saying. Because I only saw it twice. I, I saw it, it a lot. In the, we saw it at this early screening, and that one... That was one Why? Because you saw the wires? It was just not a convincing it look helicopter it shot. Like a it just looked like it was hanging. Yeah. And they cut that. Oh, okay. I think this close-up of him is still there. Yeah, with, with a little walkie-talkie, yeah. But then it cuts to the, Junior to Bird the parade Bird. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it that, that was, that was the, the, the one thing. And then they, the one thing we were expecting 
which we kind of heard that they might cut was the Alexander Knox wearing the cape. When Batman... At the end of the whole thing, after the Joker's when, fallen... Yes, Batman and Kim Basinger are hanging on a wire, and the spotlights are on them. How do they get out of that? Right, but and the idea was that Alexander Knox... Who's the reporter played by Robert Wool, right. and soon he, to be a Trificon. And he helped Batman... Oh, he did? ...by wearing the cape and pretending to be Batman, so he diverted their attention. That's the whole point of that scene. There's a scene where Knox and Batman talk to each other? No, but there's a scene or, where... Because he's knocked out on the ground, isn't he? There's a scene where he's covered in the cape. Yeah, and Pat Hingle, and a.k.a. They, Commissioner Gordon, finds him. And if you see in, in the comic, when he pulls the cape, he's not out. Oh, he's, he's he, groggy. He's awake. Yeah. So that was the diversion so that Batman make their and, and Vicky Vale can get, up, get away from this... Yeah, because it just jumps. There really yeah. is no end. They're hanging there, and the next thing you know, there's Harvey Dent. Right. And played had, by Billy D. Williams, who will also be a terrific guy. Excellent. Well, I don't, and here's the thing. I don't, I don't think. I mean, Produced by Michael Usland. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have, I only got to save or keep a box of the stills. Oh, the Warner Brothers sent them to you? The stills from the. Oh, really? The Did it say, like, property of Warner Brothers yeah. or something? Yeah, and when it when the movie was done, you had to technically you're supposed to return everything. You could have kept it. And Jonathan said, "Okay, you can pick through and keep a couple things." Did you? I did, but I don't. I, I wish that I'd saved. We had. Um, we definitely had a shot of Knox with the with the bat with the bat cape on. There's only one photo I found online where he's just lying there with the it's you know, yeah the cape is the, yeah. the costumes across his body yeah the cape but that's it but you had more foot I just remember we had a shot of that so I know it was filmed yeah and uh, and that was probably towards the end so it might have only been a zero which is interesting because Robert Wool will tell you his character was supposed to die yeah and is it Walter Scarin who's the guy that's scraping the guy that wrote the screenplay well, he rewrote it yeah Walter and then uh, Tim, yeah. Ba- Tim Burton said oh no keep him alive yeah. which is silly because they don't bring him back for Batman but you know, Returns and again no one should sue us over this no one's suing anybody I don't know what I understand is yes it always made me wonder if this is what affected Vicki Vale not being in the second movie but apparently it sounded like Kim Basinger had onset romances with practically all the principals oh, I, no she was dating um, Alec Baldwin but I'm time. just saying no I was after that we'll have to find out we'll have to ask questions about this she was apparently involved romantically with various people that's what i heard i don't know and and again it's not my business but it would explain in a way why she wasn't vicky vale in the second movie was she dating prince as well at the time because prince did the soundtrack i remember saying prince was dating or i don't know what dating but there were pictures of Kim Basinger with Prince. Who knows? Jack I mean, Nicholson. Whatever it is, there was clearly some that's why she other didn't come reason. Back? I don't know. I'm just saying that's speculation. They on my do part. refer to her, though. but it makes sense because that whole setup also would have allowed Alexander Knox to come back because yeah. they both worked at the newspaper. That's right, the Gotham Gazette. And there was no newspaper, even though there could have been a newspaper though in the second in... movie because the Penguin's running for mayor. That and would have they been bring the newspaper idea back in the. Uh, one with uh, the third one? No, the one with uh, Clooney. Clooney. Okay. Because Bob Bob Kane's wife plays a reporter, Gertie something. She's like gossip Gertie, okay. and she works for the Gotham Gazette. Right, right. And she's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, is this uh, 
whoever Elle McPherson right. was playing, right. Silver St. Cloud or whatever. She goes, is this your girl, Bruce? Right. I can't tell you that. Right. But Gertie. So right. She was in it. Yeah. So the newspaper element was still there. Right. That and was the, another thing. And the Val Kilmer one, they don't do that one. In the... Uh, Val in the, Kilmer, who hopefully will also be in. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. In the... Uh, in all the reference we had also, we yeah. had to make up the outside of the newspaper office just because in a comic when you do transitions, yeah. you don't transition from interiors to interiors as they do in a movie. No, no, no. You transition to establishing shots. Building, so we had to yeah. fake a doorway with a sign for the whatever yeah. it was, the Gotham yeah, Globe yeah. or something. Because there's a lot of dumb kids that can't read. Well, no, it's, it's, and they look at the pictures. It's part of the... That's how I read. It's the specifics of comic storytelling. Yes. Clarity. Establishing shots. Yeah. So we we never there was never any so the, shot that right, we saw. All right, so the book comes out. Is it a big hit for DC? Oh, definitely. Was it? Yeah. And the and I'll even admit to this. What? You made a, a direct, shit ton of money. The direct say the direct only book. Yeah. Right. There was a newsstand That's version. That's the blue cover. Right? The hardcover or the cardboard Hard? cover. The yes. cardboard cover one with the prestige painting on format. It. That was the prestige one. That was direct sales only. That's also the one they sold in the movie theaters. Right. That sold something like three hundred thousand copies. That's a lot. Of, there was like four dollars a book. At that time, like three ninety five. Something like that. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was, it was more than your normal book at the time. Anyways, that one sold a lot of copies. I think comics were fucked. I got a back check, then. and Did I will you? admit to it. What? My all of my page rates, my paintings, all that stuff is considered in advance. So that gets subtracted from the royalty. Okay. It's not considered a page So even with that, you still made, what, $12? No, no, no. I mean, I would have made more. Right. But basically, your advance gets taken off a year share, and Denny's advance, which was less because it was writing, and, you know, again, not as labor-intensive, but he he and I were 50-50 on the... That was a point of contention for me, was that the art... Required much more time. Oh yeah, because his stuff was written. It, it was, was 50-50, so we yes. each got the exact same percentage. Well, that's kind of shit. So he paid a, he paid his royalty back or his, his advance back faster. Again, I don't begrudge him. That's the way the rule was. But you made enough. So to buy I went to the bank with my thirty thousand dollar check. That's it. But that was big money. I know. But I went I thought to the it bank. More. I, I went to the bank to deposit a thirty thousand dollar check. And this is eighty nine. So and I had to have. Like four bank officers come out to look at it and make sure that it was I'm real. Like, I'm depositing it. I'm not taking thirty thousand cash. I draw Superman. Yeah. And uh, it took it took all that attention just to deposit it. And I paid down part of my mortgage with so it. Oh, that's nice. So, but that was a point of contention as so well. So, where's all that original that art was, now? It's all in my in you my. Still have it. Yes, my vault. Now, but can you take some of the pages out for Terrificon and we we'll blow them up big. Yes. So people can see the, yes. the original yes, pages. Yes, we will. There you go. So you heard that. If you want to see original artwork from Batman, come to the show. I'm also debating whether I should do a print. I think you should. With one of them. I'm thinking like maybe as There's an that art, nice shot you have of the last page fighting the guy. I'm thinking the, the last page where he's yeah. swinging over over Gotham City. Is it, why not? I would do that as a like almost like 30th from the anniversary art, thing. But not color it. Just do it from the yeah. art. Might be fun. Yeah. So there you go. So here's the thing. What? The addendum. 64 pages, is it? Yeah. It's a lot of pages. I didn't do Batman Returns. They begged me to do Batman Returns. Who did? There, I have that book. I bought two artists. It's Garcia Lopez, I think. Garcia Lopez. Jose did the finishes over Steve um, Irwin. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Who drew... Um, he's a Texas guy. Good, I nice remember guy. Steve Irwin. He drew the, the Terminator, Deathstroke, yep, 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 the Terminator, yep. and stuff like that. 
Yeah, that was his big thing. So, anyways, they begged me. Hey, Sarah. Since you want us to get out of here? No, since oh. you're hanging out for so long, do you want some of my jelly beans? Oh, you could have some of our jelly beans. So Is this what keeps you going during it the day? It does, yep. Really? A little yep. sugar high? Pop a little Seriously, jelly beans. behind the scenes mm-hmm. at Colony Grill. You Grill. never know. Ooh, they're the good ones. What do you mean? Sour the jelly ones. bellies? They the have the little sour apple. The, sour apple. the mm-hmm. blue one is what I looked the at. The blue one like, is my favorite. We're supposed to take the red pill if you want to go into the matrix. <laughs> I, just, I, I took the blue one. Uh-oh. Blue one's had like a blueberry flavor. Maybe. Yeah, it, I think it's blue raspberry or something. Blue raspberry. You know what these remind me of? Have you... Do you guys play video games a lot? I, I know you do, but I, do you? Not really. I don't... But, but anyway, why? Okay, so there's this game. It's called uh, We Happy Few. And it is... Uh, British, a little, there's some British, lots of British uh, voice actors, some Irish voice acting, and um, they... She can understand it? <laughs> Just kidding. The Irish or the, um, yeah, the Irish ones are tough. I sometimes have to, like, replay, and I'm like... My neighbor's Irish, so she's... When they have, like, the heavy, what is it, Gaelic? Uh, the Brogue? Is that what it is? I don't know. It's just, it's I'm rough. trying to think Mrs. Sweeney. She's like, sometimes I'll be like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Um, but you have to like understand the terminology and lingo. But anyways. The word for <laughs> For God's sakes, that goddamn Peter. I don't know what the fuck doing this time. And I go, okay, how are you? Yeah. yeah. That's how it is. I haven't played off. video games since my no. kids were little. So no, but it usually just starts <laughs> off with like a hello, how are you? And she just goes, Jesus Christ almighty. Yeah. Yes, exactly. father. Now you still have a language. Uh, oh, yeah. I just, well, it's only if you're in Ireland. That's like normal lingo. So anyway, go on about your, oh, your anyway, game. So, so uh, in it, they, um, it's about, it, there's like a underlying message behind it. Basically, these people have to take a pill, a happy pill, to be accepted in society. Just and like if, real world. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't take these pills, then uh, you are considered um, Nerds. sick. And they banish you to another world. And it's about, like to another kind of like they get you out of the, the community and they live in the community and they're this all doesn't sad. sound like a fun this game is real, no, I'm like, no, this is like right. reality yeah, yeah I love games like that and yeah. so uh, like but is the, the other world they put you to more fun it is it's more colorful you wear sweatpants and, and not shave no but the thing is that the people who so, you need to hold yourself okay so there is um, in the sad like where people don't take the pills everything's right. really sad and just dismal like it's terrible are they and good looking they, people that do well, yes, those are all more... Turn that to sneeze. Anyway, oh, they're okay. No, they're much more put-together people. But the thing put is, together. well, they, like, have their hair done and their outfits are... I see sweatpants and unshaven. Okay, so in the happy the world answers, where the them. people are taking the pills, um, you get scanned before you go in, so they make sure that you've taken your pill. They're always... Wow. They call wow. it your joy. And um, so it's like, are you on your joy? Are you off your joy? And the only way you can tell that people are off their joy is they see reality. When they're off and they're happy pills, even when you're in the so-called happy reality it's also it looks exactly like what's out there it's just a warped reality that they're living in and like when they're eating candy and stuff they're actually like like there's a scene where they have a pinata that's a uh it's like a little horse or whatever and they're hitting it and and the guy um didn't take his joy he goes in there and he sees they're whacking at a giant rat and the guts come out, but to them, the people in the joint look like and see it's candy. Why does it sound like a Jim Starlin, Steve Englehart, like that is crazy. It's just fantastic. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Wow. Games have changed so much. I was gonna say, what happened to Pac-Man and Space Invaders? What are you talking about? That's too complicated. 
the How's same environment. Game? Well, it's kind of like probably like The Sims or whatever, where you're in I don't an environment. Know. Where's the fun of that? Where do I get to shoot the, the Martian and win 100 points? That was really involved, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm like staring at her going, is this real? Anyway, back to comic books. So here's the deal. I like, I the, I like, the, I like the intro. Yeah, <laughs> the spontaneous introduction, or right, or what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's like you know, like, like you said, Johnny Carson, Carol Wayne. Yeah, right, right. Ladies and gentlemen, Herb Griffin. Hey, come on. But the reason I did, and I so I Monty didn't do the, I didn't do Batman Returns because right. of the way the royalty split was. Because DC had done a different royalty split than Marvel. Marvel, it was always basically, I think it was thirty or say forty sixty. So 40% artist, I mean 40% writer, 60% artist yeah, yeah. for the royalty split. That's how yeah. Marvel did it. So that the, the DC was then the penciler and inker, inker could have a share. If yeah. I had an inker on Batman begin, on the first you Batman got a third movie, of it? then I would have to share that half of my royalty with the inker. Oh, well, well, the writer was still gotten a 50% share. So it came down to numbers, and I always had a problem with it. So I lobbied DC from the point of the Batman movie royalty I mean again I was happy I got the money I got that's not a question yeah, but, you're doing but I said okay yeah. here's the deal you need to change this so they tried to figure out ways where I could get a bonus that Denny wouldn't get or that perhaps both of our advances would be pooled together so that Denny would then have to earn back half of what we both earned and I right. would earn and I just said that doesn't solve the Too problem complicated, yeah. it wasn't it was complicated it was that it went around the problem so what DC did in their favor after a couple of years of me lobbying is that they added an extra, I think, 15% to the royalty pool. Rather than taking away from the writer, they added an extra 15% so that the inker then could get his own thing and the penciler could get 50 and the writer would get 50 and the inker would get 15 rather than have that come off of the, the penciler's percentage. And that's, that's how it stood for a long time on the prestige board. But they didn't have that in time for... Batman Returns. No, no. And but but it was a big deal. So it took two two artists to do Batman Returns. It did. And after after Jose finished that, I saw him up in the office, mm. and he said, "I don't know how you did that. Yeah. All by yourself. Because yeah. it is a lot of the work. likenesses are a bitch. Yeah. It's more than Plus anybody had more could imagine. Characters in the Returns. You had Catwoman, Bat, uh, Penguin. But I still had a, I had like ten people that I had I know, to be on license on the, Walken. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, the first Batman had you know, a lot of those also... guys' light box, that stuff? Because the DC, I remember DC had the uh, Star Trek license right. at the time, in the late 80s, for Star Trek The Final Frontier, and Bob Greenberger was doing that stuff, and Michael J Jan Friedman was writing it. Yeah. I think, Paul I think even Peter David wrote Peter something. Peter David wrote yeah, some yeah. of those, but the art always got me because... When you do the book like that, if you don't get the likeness right, it's out the window. Well, those guys that's also... Suck, that's what killed the Indiana Jones books, because they never look like Harrison Ford. Paramount had the rights to basically double-check likenesses on every issue. Oh, they always looked like Whereas William Shatner. That's why... Yeah. And Jonathan had known about that nightmare that that was. Why which is it a nightmare? The Batman, because you have to submit it even if the book is late to the and it's waiting for the, for the, to go to the printer, it has to go to the studio for a yes or and no. And they say it doesn't look like they can say, no, sorry. So we going to redraw it again? It happened while I was in the office one Friday waiting to go out with everybody at the end of the day. Yeah. I was in the office and Jonathan came up to me with a Star Trek cover and I think it was drawn by Starlin. Maybe a Star Trek Maybe, manual. Yeah. 
and he said Paramount bounced this because yeah. Kirk doesn't look enough like Kirk. Yeah. Can you fix it? Yeah. And I said, uh, give me some reference. So we did a patch. Yeah. So the cover has my Captain you know Kirk's head so on it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was a Starlin cover. And it was nothing, nothing wrong with what Starlin did. It's just no, that no, no, Paramount no. didn't see the light. First year at Mohegan Sun, IDW did IDW meets the Green Lantern. And I got IDW to call, and they said, do you want to do a variant for your show? And that was a big thing. Green Lantern meets ID, uh, Star Trek. Oh, oh, okay. And I said, sure. And they said, well, here's a list of artists that you could choose from that'll draw the variant cover. Right. And I said, who's coming to my show? Tim Seeley, who's now known as a writer, but he also right. used to be an artist, right. was coming to Terrificon. So I said, oh, get Tim Seeley to draw it. And they even asked me, what would you like the cover to look like? Which was very odd. So I drew Mr. Spock doing the Vulcan sloop, but right. he had the Green Lantern ring on him. And I sent that as a thumbnail to Seeley, and Tim Seeley took it and made a bigger thing. So he draws the cover. But then they had to send it to Paramount because it didn't look like Zachary Quinto right. because Leonard Nimoy had just died, right. and we wanted it to look like Leonard Nimoy, right. but they said, no, you have to make it look like right. the new actor. Right. So I remember they actually were, at one point, going to crop it so you didn't see the Vulcan ears, oh. but that's the whole point. Right. Where like that's if you don't see the pointy ears, it doesn't. Right. It could be anybody. Right. But then they had a problem with the chin, right. that the chin wasn't defined enough because he. Uh, I guess Seeley was working off a reference photo of, Tim, of Zach Quinto, right. and they said it didn't look right. So he had to go back and draw right. the chin again right. just to make it look more pronounced or something. It's just very weird, though. Well, the notes give, that he got, right? But if were they give out if, there. Those contracts are, are all, it's all laid out in the contracts. But and you, you know what's so funny, though? I'm going to tell here's a secret. If you have that book, that's one of the very few covers that Tim Seeley actually draws Batman and Harley Quinn on the cover with Mr. Spock. And the way he did it is that it was supposed to be cosplayers in the background. So he drew the costumes. But so DC would flip out. He draws like a small little banner that says, Welcome to you know, Mohegan Sun right over their head so you don't really see uh, it uh, but if you look at them right. from the waist down you right. can see it's batman and harley quinn but he just covers right. enough of their face and how so many of those did you print only like 1200 yeah yeah so i don't did know who has them? the problem was that is dc and idw did like 30 variant covers right. i mean Including everybody after the fact after yeah. it's already in the stores when the, oh yeah because i got them late and i remember right. trying to get rid of them because everyone already had the first issue right it's too late. That's the problem with variant covers. you got to get it when it's hot. Because yeah. once it's out there, like you said, people don't want it. Like, you know, the Batman 1000 is coming out. Right. They're going to have the same There's issue. so many covers like they do with Superman. Right. You couldn't get it when it first came out. Now I go online, I can get any Superman 1000 cover I want on eBay. But they're probably still varying degrees of expensive. Yeah, but not as much as they were when they right. first were, you know. Because they just do too many. Well, now they had to. You know, they have minimums that DC would But do they do get it. advanced orders? Like, oh, this is going to be crazy. But then there's all these specialty, these little niche covers. Well, like, we went... You yeah, it was, it was like $12,000 to get it one done. No, it was 20 20000 I, I didn't want to do it because we would never made that money back. It was like $4 a book. Something and like the that. book sold for 8 Right, it was $4 a book with a minimum of 1500 or something. Yeah, yeah. Or 2000 I thought it was, was it I thought it was a lot. It was more than... It, whatever the math worked out... It was it was like twenty about twenty grand, and the problem was, again, everybody had their orders in for that at that point. Yeah, we were late, so you really couldn't add and have them. They already no. overextended money wise. All the stores, you couldn't get anybody a guarantee to buy copies. 
I always wonder about variant covers. Is it hard to get a hold of a lot of them? Because, like, you know, now it's like one per every, what, 200? Well, like the, Some of them are crazy. you got to order the 500. That, didn't Pat tell me that the, at the Cave Comics at the Fantastic Four one that Alex Ross did was like a, was a incentive variant? You had to order had so to order, many. Like 100 copies to get, like... Jelly beans are very good, though. I ate the blue ones. You only put three down. You ate all the green ones. Well, I, I was going for the red ones. Really? Yeah. The green ones are my favorite. You know what's funny is around what now... What is that? The green one apple flavor? Mm-hmm. Well, around now is when stores start jacking up the price of for, jelly beans. Yeah, because these yeah. are coming. So you can buy them for like $1.98. For, for like $1.98 for the bag of the jelly bellies. And mm-hmm. then once it's Easter, it's like four bucks. I'm like, I bet you can, really? I bet you can buy... Uh, heart-shaped candies for a song right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Absolutely. Valentine's Day, like the day after, 90% off. Like, I always oh. get ready for the next year after Valentine's. Like, once ends, I go for the sales. store it up like a squirrel? Yeah. Uh, yes, I start for next Valentine's Day. Winter. Christmas, too. I noticed there's like mm-hmm. tons of candy, and then it's like, get out of here. But do you want candy a year old? I don't know. I mean, it's chocolate. Though I said this the other day, no one believes me, the chocolate we have now doesn't taste like the chocolate years ago because I think they've done something to it. Well, there's too many additives to it. Yeah, because I remember like her chocolate. You get a Hershey's Kiss. It was just like pure chocolate. Now you put them in your mouth you're like, it's not, it doesn't even melt right. You know what I mean? Like you put, you remember years ago. The whole point of Hershey's was, and again, it was milk chocolate. Tangent. Yeah. No, Hershey's used uh, paraffin, like a wax. Paraffin wax, that's it. Because they didn't want the candy bars to to melt on the soldiers. Oh, really? Yeah. After Hershey, Are you serious? That's during World War II. Hershey made like their name, and they they basically it was like product placement for yeah. them. Yeah, they formulated the chocolate bar that wouldn't melt in someone's pocket. Really? Yeah. That's why you see how the GIs were World War II with like Hershey bars. They were all given Hershey bars. Yeah, yeah. That's screwed up. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's got like a paraffin Did wax. Did you know that? No Did way. they put paraffin wax in chocolate and Hershey so bars? So it doesn't melt. Paraffin wax is like a like candle wax. But they always melt in my pocket. Well, no, but the Hershey bars, when they put it, they gave them to the troops in World War II. They used to melt more. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the story is that now it's like the troops going into, yeah, you know, like their little liberated town. Yeah, they, they would hand out the candy bars. bars yeah, yeah, yeah. Exchange for sexual favors. Well, there's oh. that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, they, I'd do anything for a chocolate candy bar. Candy bars. But they were, <laughs> they were like, you know, they Don't were say. stable. <laughs> they were stable. That's right? why they call them Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that's where it comes from. You know what? Yeah, because that's the little favor. Like, oh, I'll give you a kiss. Yeah, because screwies didn't work well <laughs> when they tasted it. <laughs> they, they tested that with the public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hershey's kisses? Yeah. Hershey's bang you later? No, I'm not going to go with that. <laughs> no, it's bang me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a one night like stand. A peanut butter cup. Wait, wait. One night stands. There you go. Yeah. Now, are those milk chocolate? Or <laughs> I call this 15 minutes in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. 15 minutes, hold on. Yeah, like right. two minutes. Hey, wait a minute now. Yeah. I'm not as young as I used to be. Wow, two. Yeah. Yeah, these are troops that you don't get a Oh, you're talking about the troops. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on? Is it instantaneous? Is the population no, I'm I know the they, I, they're all on Facebook now. i got to have sex. Two minutes. Be right back. What, six likes. Hey, honey, would you like a whoops, it's over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, don't, I think we're reading into it too much. I think so. It's all... Mounds, yeah, mounds that's true. Some, yeah. And what about oh, oh, almond go. joys without? But those yeah, are yeah. nuts. Without the nuts. Without that's where the castrated guys are. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought we were talking about women. I thought we were talking about candy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anymore. I really don't know. I don't know what I walked into.
Ding dongs. Wow, this turned out. It's like a euphemism for Thanks for listening.